Well, as we talked about yesterday, or last Sunday, was uh, everything worthwhile is uphill. Everybody do this with your, with your arms here. Ready? And then make this noise. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But that's back in the day, right? Uh, this is uphill. And we see through life that everything worthwhile takes an uphill journey. Your marriage is going to take an uphill journey. Your, your time, your finances, your relationships, your health, your physical habits, your relational habits, everything worthwhile is uphill. So we started this series, Uphill Habits, talking about habit number one, and that was put him first. In fact, habit number one is focus on what you do first, and the truth is there's only one place God will take in your life. Whether you put him first or not, he'll only take one place. He'll only take first place. Uh, We talked about last week, if he ain't first, he isn't really God. So if he's not first in your life, the truth is he's not really seen and understood as truly the God of the cosmos in your life if he's not first place. Because... If we could really see him and know him as God, we would put him in no other place but first. We talked about different uh, preparations on how to put him first in our year and in our month in our week and in our day. And there's uh, some, some stuff online and out in the lobby that can help you put him first. But one of the biggest things we've talked about is putting him first in 2018. And in 2018, we want to place the very, the very prominent focus on God through this time of prayer and fasting as a church. And we started on Wednesday, January 10th, and we're going all the way through Tuesday night, January 30th. And along with this time of prayer and fasting, prayer connects us to God, fasting disconnects us to the world. During this time, maybe you're fasting something uh, of food, maybe you're fasting a certain kind of meal, maybe you're fasting some media or Facebook. There's all kinds of different people that have come to me and said, man, I'm I'm getting excited, but I'm also nervous because I've never fasted before. And others that say, hey, I'm really taking the next step in my fasting this year. I'm so excited for you. Let me say to you, this is not about like the legalism piece of it, okay? But the truth is this. If you're not willing to surrender something, if you say, ah, that's for other people, that's not for me, I want to challenge you. Is your heart really full of glad surrender? Is your heart ready with glad surrender and trustful obedience to God? I urge you, find something. I didn't start. I guess it's too late. Well, welcome to 17 days of fasting and prayer. <laughs> and then next week, welcome to 13 days. Like, it's okay. That, that, that's all right. But along with prayer and fasting in your own time between you and God, I'm also urging you as your pastor for, for this corporate body as a church that we come together. Last Wednesday night, we had a phenomenal, fantastic turnout of those that spent the hour with us in prayer and worship, a time of devotion, a time of self-reflection. This Wednesday will be no exception. We'll be talking about visiting with Jesus face-to-face and and what that looks like through Scripture, but really the key element of that time is going to be singing songs and listening to God, praying together, but also taking time around this auditorium and maybe be finding a place to kneel or finding a place to stand or finding a place to pace and, and just, just spending some time, kind of like on the back porch of the church, if you will, just in time of prayer and worship and seeking God together. It's critical that we jump in to the new year like this. So when it comes to uphill habits, we've talked about putting him first. And today, I'm going to give you the habit number two. 
The title of the message today, in fact, on the back of your worship guide, I'd encourage you to take some notes. I've made it a little bit more open for you today to make as many notes as you want instead of filling in the blanks. But on the back of the worship guide, I'd encourage you to maybe write this title down. God first, dot, 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 then what? God first, then what? Because there's a lot of habits we can put after putting God first, but what really should be the next piece? And it really has to do with this thought process. It has to do with one of the most common questions I get as a pastor. I think it's a common question among believers. I think it's a common question among those that want to go deeper in their faith. And even when you're deeper in your faith, there can be this question. And it's this, how do I really hear from God? How do I know it's God's will? How do I know God is speaking to me? How do I know if it's his voice or it's just a good thought, or maybe it's even the enemy, or maybe it's just like my mother-in-law, or maybe it's like my wife, or maybe it's just what I ate for supper late last night, and I woke up in the middle of the night and then saying, do this, quit your job, but it was really the pizza, or was it God, or what? Like, how do I know if I'm hearing from God? I think it's an excellent question. We're going to dive deep into that today to develop our second habit. But the beauty of, of that question, the beauty of the trouble of knowing how to hear from God is this. You may want to write it down. We serve a speaking God. We serve a speaking God. So having trouble hearing him is not trouble with God. It's trouble with us. We have a speaking God and we serve a speaking God. When you look at the first chapter of the first book of the Bible and you get to about the third verse, you see that and God said... Right up at the very beginning of the story, we see God speaking. Then if you fast forward all the way to the final, to the 66th book of the Bible, the final chapter of the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and about five verses before the end, the, the, John the Revelator says this of Jesus, uh, let the Spirit say, let the Spirit and the bride say, even from the beginning to the end of the Bible, we serve a speaking God. Now, the good news about that is he's spoken so much that we already have a bunch of what he's already said. But he still is an act of God that will never speak secondly or second nature to what he's already spoken. It will always align with what he's already spoken, spoken, but he's still speaking to you and to me. He loves us so much that he would take time to know you by name, to number the hairs on your head, and still take time to pray. So... This scripture that comes to mind when we're talking about hearing the voice of God is in John chapter 10. And Jesus gives this illustration. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. And all throughout scripture we're considered sheep. Sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And so there's a big sheep pen And the gatekeeper opens it, and the shepherd brings his own sheep, because there may be other sheep in him, and and they know his voice well enough to the sheep that aren't his, they stay in the gate, inside the gate, and those that know his voice, they follow him, and they're just ready to go. He leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. When we're following Jesus, it's not because we're trying to do a list of do's and avoid a list of don'ts. When we follow him, we best follow him when we know what his voice sounds like. You know, I, I, can, I can tell my wife's voice in a crowd. 
If you go to CHI St. Luke's, it used to be Memorial Hospital, there in the massive lobby, uh, there are these large balconies, uh, uh, three stories, and they represent different doctor's offices. And, and I was up there uh, at one of the doctor's offices, uh, check, uh, getting a checkup on some stuff, and, and, uh, and, and as I was up there in that open air third story waiting on, on, uh, to see the doctor, I, I, not only do I know the voice of my wife, I know the cadence of my wife. I, I, know, I know the cadence. What do I mean? Like if my wife is wearing high heels and it's a hard surface floor, I know that. I know that. Click, 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 click. She's just ready to go. And I hear all the way to the other side, I just hear, hey, so good to see you. Yeah. I'm like, that is, I mean, I'm up in the third story and I look down, way down. Before I could even hear her voice, I heard this click, 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 click. I just knew that was her walking right up. And, and I just know her voice. There was a lot of stuff going on. There's probably 40 or 50 people down in the, in the, in the lobby just in waiting, waiting rooms and other things and walking. But I know the sound of my wife's voice. My son, I love watching him play ball. I'm also passionate about my kids playing. And, you know, I, I very rarely uh, yell cuss words, but I do like to yell in the games. <laughs> and I, I usually don't say to the rest, what are you doing, you idiot, unless it's somebody from our church. And, uh, and I don't find that out until after, you know, chill out, Pastor Jeremy. I'm kidding, I don't do that anymore. And, but, but uh, like, I'm passionate about, my, come, come on, man, put a hand on that ball, buddy. Like, pay a ditch, what are you doing? Yeah, I love to, come on, you got this. Now, I, I, it's in good heart. It's in good spirit. But, you know, last Saturday, my son gets in the car and says, I'm so, like, your voice is, is like the only voice out there, Dad. It's like everybody's looking at me. The truth is everybody's yelling. Everybody's passionate. Everybody, you know, Jan's like, love him like Jesus. Love him like Jesus. You know, Graham's like, oh, man, my, my, before you know it, Janet's out there. You know, time out. <laughs> She's not even a coach. What, what, what's that about? Why is my son upset? Was I yelling something negative? No. Um, was I yelling louder than everybody else? <laughs> I don't think so. My wife differs in her opinion on that. But here's the biggest thing. My son knows my voice better than any other voice in that room. It's, a, it's stronger than my wife's. The second would be my wife's, but, she, but he knows, he, 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 my voice pierces through the audience because he knows I'm his father. And I think that my, my words carry more weight than just a crowd. And that's how God's voice is with us and how it should be. That he goes ahead of us and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, in our lives, there are multiple competing voices all kinds of competing voices cartoons and television would would show it like this with a poof you know the the light white angel and the poof the the dark angel and they whisper and we we have competing voices it, that makes it sound cartoonish and fairy tale but the truth is there are competing voices in our lives of the physical world and the spiritual world. The enemy would love nothing more than to fill your heart and your mind and your ears with lies. That's his nature. That's his language. His language is lies. And they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him. If they truly know his voice, if the sheep know his voice, they'll, they'll be able to differentiate 
that stranger's voice, that competing voice, and run away because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. They've so, they've so spent time listening to the right voice, it's not about focusing on the wrong voice and being able to identify the wrong voice. It's just about knowing that you know that you know. It's why when you're dealing with real money, you can tell there's a counterfeit real quick. But, but they don't give you a bunch of counterfeit money to determine whether it's counterfeit or not. The more you deal with real money, the more you can quickly say, whoa, 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 wait, wait a second. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't look right. And the more you're with the real voice, the more the stranger's voice is apparent. Learning to listen to God's voice is critical. If we're going to put him first, we've got to listen to his voice. Even the scripture says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. A popular scripture that maybe you've heard before is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus says these words at the end of a very popular parable. A story that, that Jesus gives to kind of make a point, and maybe you don't quite see the point until you get the explanation from Jesus. He loved using stories. He loved using illustrations. He loved using props. He loved being able to say, hey, right where you're living, let me talk to you about this. He who has ears, let him hear. And he says it at the very end of a parable. So let's look at that parable about hearing from God. Here it is. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along different places. Some fell along a path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Anybody ever had a dog in a boxed-in, fenced-in backyard? How it, it, they can leave, like, specific paths across. Like, it, it looks like connect the dots, uh, like big long lines in your backyard if your dogs are just left out for very long without changing up the thing. They will trample down a path through the grass and leave different lines because that's just, that's the path that they choose. And it tramples it down and it kills the, 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 the grass there. And it's trampled on. And then the birds eat the seed up off of that path. That's, that's one kind of place where the seed is scattered. Here's another one. Some fell on what ground? Rocky ground. And when it came up, okay, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And so they grew for a little bit. They, they, they had some places, just like you'll see some weeds out in the middle of a parking lot. Like you can, you can grow something right out in the middle, but it'll, it, it'll wither out because there's just no real moisture, something really helping it to grow. Other seed, a different kind of soil and a different kind of situation, it fell among thorns. In other translations, it would say weeds, which grew up with it and choked the plants. So there was some good life there, but there wasn't maintenance and care of the other stuff that was growing along, and it choked out the good. Still, other seed fell on good soil. Now, that good soil, it came up and yielded a crop. And it wasn't just a crop. It wasn't just any kind of crop. It yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Wow. There's a, lot, there's a lot of power in the soil. You know, as parents, we so often are trying to put in our kids the right statements, the right things, put them in the right schools and the right activities. But can I tell you that the atmosphere of the home is the soil wherein that seed grows. 
so you can get great academics, you can get, you can get great knowledge, you can have great fun and be on the select ball team, but you really want to produce the crop that's 100 times more, it's got to be in the right soil. The culture of a home, the culture of a church. There can be preaching of the word every Sunday, but if the soil that is the culture, the surroundings, the atmosphere, if that's wrong, stuff's not going to work long term. A hundred times more than was sown with good soil. So when he said this, he called out this popular scripture, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this whole ears to hear, let him hear, this is not God with a speaking problem. It's us with a hearing problem. And Jesus goes on to explain the parable so that we don't have to just figure it out on our own. Isn't that nice? Like when we say, well, what does all that mean? What's the rocky soil? What's the weeds? What's the, what's the dry, rocky place and the moisture, all that? What does it mean? Well, Jesus gets a step up on us because he leads ahead and he says, this is the meaning of the parable, all right? The seed is the what? The word of God. So the seed that's scattered, the word's going to be everywhere. And depending upon the soil, that's what's going to make the difference. The soil makes the difference. The soil determines the success of the seed. Did you hear that? The success of the seed is determined by the soil where it lands. The Bible doesn't change. The Bible is powerful. It's strong. The word of God is strong. But where the word, where the seed is scattered, it's all about the soil, not about the seed. See, that's many times can be the differentiation between uh, whether you're growing in a church or not. Is the, is, is the soil where you're choosing to be planted. It's not so much even the word of God. The word of God's going to be preached here. It's going to be preached other places. Other places it's not too. But it's about the soil where the seed plants. So it's the word of God, not only the Bible, but it's also God speaking to us. We hear the word by reading it. We hear the word by it being preached. We also hear by Jesus speaking to our hearts and soul for us to have ears to hear that. Now those along the path, all right, the ones where the birds came and ate it up, those ones are here. And then what happens is the birds come and eat it or the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This is his first example of the path and the birds eating it up. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. You may want to write this down. When we struggle to hear God, it's not a hearing issue, it's a heart issue. When we struggle to hear God, it's not a hearing issue, it's a, it's a heart issue. And that first heart that he talks about, where the hard path and the birds eat it up, and the devil comes and takes it, that first heart is what I want to describe as a polluted heart. It's a polluted heart. Now, if you're going to hear the word of God, you can't have a polluted heart because that's where the word becomes planted is in our hearts. And how do we get a polluted heart? The choices that we make, the paths that we take, the path that becomes the usual path that may not even be the path of God. And just our own habits that we make, we create a hard path. And when soil, seed wants to be scattered, we, we've so made our own ruts of life and our own routines that there's no, there's no ability for it to really soak in. And then, not only does the enemy come in and want to give us all kinds. Look, if he can't make you bad, he will make you busy. 
If, if, the, devil, if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. And both can be a huge strategy that the enemy uses to keep you. So you can pollute, can pollute your life with all sorts of stuff, get you busy or get you bad, and your heart can be polluted. But it's not even what you do. How many of you know? How many of you know? There are things that others have done that have polluted your heart. They've done against you. They've said against you. They've wounded you. A physical wound. A relational wound. Sexually wounded. You, you, you name it, there are opportunities for people to wound you and the birds just eat up the, the seed and you miss the opportunity. So the Bible says, how do you deal with a polluted, how do you deal with a polluted heart? Well, Jesus shows us how to pray. You know, when you pray, pray these ways. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Then he goes on and he gives a little bit of commentary back about forgiveness. And after the Lord's Prayer, he, sa- he reminds us about forgiveness. He says, if you don't forgive one another, I won't forgive you with my Father. Now, that's pretty serious words from the Bible. That's pretty serious. What is he saying? He's saying it's so important that we not allow our hearts to be polluted by others or by our lack of forgiveness, our willingness to ro- walk the wrong path. And so the Bible says to us in the book of James, the half-brother of Jesus writes, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the message, that seed, the word of God, that God has planted in your hearts, for it's strong enough to save your soul. You know, do you know what you're not strong enough to do? None of us are strong enough to save ourselves. You're just not strong enough to save yourself. You're not smart enough to figure it out. You're not intellectual enough to write it out. You, you, you're, you're, not, you're not quick enough to figure it out. You, you, you just, we're just not strong enough. But you know what it is? God is strong enough, the message of Jesus, to save our soul when we allow that to be planted. Now, he goes on to give us the next example. We've got the polluted heart, number one. Get ready for number two. Here it comes. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. They love it. They come into church and they say, man, I needed that. I really needed that. I was visiting with a young man. Who, he said after Christmas services, I haven't been church in 14 years. I needed that. I needed what was said today. I, this kind of makes me feel like I would like to get back in church. I just assumed that church wasn't for me. I, I, I want to get back in. And so the Rocky Soil represents those who hear the message with joy But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. So there's something that happens and it sparks something. It's like, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. But but because the the, the heart isn't ready, because because the heart isn't focused in, it's rocky soil. And, And what we're dealing with, they believe for a while, but then they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. Look at this. You might want to write this down. There's all kinds of competition for your heart. There's all kinds of competition for my heart. You can hear the best message you've ever heard and then go out and sin. You can hear a song that moves you and you say, Jesus, I'm ready. And then you go out and you do what you've been doing. How is that even the case? You know how why it is? Because we're talking about we're talking about the distracted heart. Message with joy, but then phew, there's just like, there's, 
there's distraction, you know. Uh, oh, a bird. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's the distraction. Some of you have spiritual ADD. It just, whoops, and you got the distracted heart. All of hell is trying to distract you from what God wants to say to you. There's so many distractions, good distractions. They seem good for a while, but at the end, they're distractions. Jesus is having this beautiful time at someone's house, a good friend of his house, Lazarus. And Lazarus' sisters are there, Mary and Martha. And Mary's listening to Jesus, and Martha is serving Jesus. And, 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 and the scripture goes on to tell us this, this story. Both of them are in the same house. Both of them are hearing the same message. But one of them is really listening and getting it. And here's what the Bible says. Mary, or Martha had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, the Amplified Bible says, overly occupied and too busy was distracted with much serving. I believe that there are some of us that you serve as a dream teamer at Timber Creek. And if you're not careful, you serve so much, you get so occupied with serving that you actually miss out on times of listening. And we need to do a better job at helping you find that soil, but we can't hold your hand the whole time. You've got to find seasons where you step into just sitting at the feet of the master. That's why those Wednesday nights that we're going to do at the front of the year, these next three Wednesdays, are so critical that we don't just serve, that we sit and we listen and we receive. And, you know, that can't just happen on church. It can just be programmed. It's got to be yourself feeding. And we can get so over-occupied and too busy with serve. I mean, good Good stuff. If you weren't here on Wednesday, I'll just give you the cliff notes of trying to set up Christmas for my wife. I crawled into the back of our storage unit that was full, and I got the Christmas stuff out because we're living in a little 900-square-foot apartment, and we decided to get the stuff, and, and I was going to surprise her because she's out of town, and, and I, I dumped one of the boxes out, and, and, and I thought I'd collected it all back. Apparently, I didn't because when I got home, I set up the tree and put up the ornaments and put up some lights and, 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 and did some other things around the, 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 the apartment. But when it came time to put the nativity together, I had lost Jesus. Jesus was gone. Jesus was MIA. I mean, I knew, Je I knew where Jesus was, but I couldn't find him. Jesus is in the storage unit. Jesus was hanging out <coughs> in the storage unit. I knew where he was. He was in there, but I lost him and I couldn't find him. And some of you, you got Jesus. He's, he, he's, he's in there. But you, you got distracted, and you, you, you've lost him. You've lost him. He loves you, and you love him, but you've, you've got overly occupied and too busy. And that's not meant to be a spanking. It's meant to be a, oh, I see. Do not get so distracted. That you lose Jesus in the storage unit of your life. Got to declutter that distracted heart. Now we go on to another one. The seed that fell among weeds. Or, or, or the, th the, the, the thorns. Stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way. They're choked by life's worries. By their riches and pleasures. 
and they don't what? They don't mature. You know what? Something uh, about weeds. You ever anybody ever tried to grow weeds? Anybody ever tried to grow weeds? Uh, guess what? You don't have to try and grow weeds, do you? You don't have to try. I, I didn't mean grow weed. Okay, if that's you, then, then yes, we, we we can have a conversation about that, and and talk about that. Um, <laughs> make it clear, clear, weeds. <laughs> All right. You don't have to. You don't have to try at growing weeds in your yard. They just grow on their own. And this is really a maturity issue. It's a maturity issue in our lives, the immature heart. We've got the polluted heart, we've got the distracted heart, we have the immature heart. And kids early on, you know, they love immature talk. In fact, we love talking immaturely to our kids. Huh? You want to go? Do you want to go? Yes, you did go potty. Yes, you did. Yeah, you, need to, you need to go again? Uh, uh, uh. Like, like we talk so immaturely to our kids because they're at that level, right? And nothing bugs me more. if I, You know how my wife can really get an edge up on an argument and a conversation? If I feel like she's talking to me like I'm a child. Now, she doesn't do that, she says. But if I feel like, well, that's why we don't do that. We want to be spoken to at our maturity level. But the truth is, sometimes we always think, we, not sometimes, we always think we're more mature than we really are, everybody. We always think we're a little bit more mature. 17 years old, I can do it myself. I'll just live my own life. Fine, I don't need you. But can, I need some money for gas, though. <laughs> we're always more mature than we think, right? But it's time to grow up. Some of you are disappointed in your, your relationship with God, but it's time to put the reps in. It's, it's, time, it's time to put the reps in. It's time to fast, and it's time to pray, and it's time to get consistent. And, 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 and like, show up to church and go through the starting point experience. Ah, I don't need all that. I'm just going to let, look, 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 grow up. Grow up. And, and in fact, uh, it's time to grow up. So you're thinking about a men's conference coming up at Timber Creek Church. It's time to set aside time and men, grow up. Women, we want you to grow up. We have grow track. We probably ought to call it grow up track because we all got to need to grow up a little bit. Grow up a little bit in the faith. You may be senior saint and it's time to grow up. And you've been stagnant and stalled. It's time to grow up. But we want to provide multiple opportunities this year for you to grow in your relationship with Christ. The Bible says it like this, Hebrews 12. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down. Especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. I preached this scripture several times last year. And the big emphasis last year was get rid of everything that slows us down and run the race. But I want to show you another emphasis in this scripture here. Okay, look, look at this that maybe you don't see unless I, unless I show you how important this is. Since we, 
are surrounded by so many examples of faith. We must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. There is purpose behind gathering together. I believe it was a God-ordained moment when I pulled into Walmart, and that's even hard to say right there. If I stopped there, God-ordained moment pulling into Walmart, you'd be like, are you sure? Three cars passed a front row parking spot. I was like, what? I pulled right in. I was like, I'm living right. It's Sunday. Jesus, you must have liked the message. (laughs) And I pulled up, and I pulled up, and, and I got out of the car, and A young lady was directly in front of me and got out of her car and said, can you give me a jump? Can you give me a jump? I said, oh, I don't, I I would, I don't have any jumper cables. I got some jumper cables, my batteries, I don't know what's going on. So we popped the hood and we're getting it all together. We're waiting, letting it kind of just kind of sit there for a minute. And uh, she goes, you look familiar. And I said, well, I was one of America's most wanted um, and, but the Lord saved my life, and now I'm here. But I'm in witness protection, so don't tell anybody, okay? She goes, no, aren't you the pastor over at Timber Creek Church? I said, oh, yeah, that too, that too. Um, yeah, I used to go there. Kind of said it a little angst. Yeah. Yeah, my family, they, they would go somewhere. But we got, I got tired. I'm done with church. I'm done with church. I'm going to do Jesus kind of with my own thing, just kind of between me and him. I said, tell me more. Tell me more. We began to talk, and really, it, it wasn't church. It was wounds from people. And you can go to Walmart, and you can go to Outback, and you can go to the Dollar Tree, and you can go to school, and you can go to family reunions and be wounded by people. It's not just church. People wound. People, people hurt people. I said, your issue in the church, your issue is a wound that, that God would love to heal in your heart. But maybe because you've been so wounded you haven't really given it back to God to let him heal that wound. And, and, and I'd, I'd say, why don't you give it a second chance? Ah, I don't know. I just don't think. I'm going to do my own thing. I said, there are so many statements in Scripture about not doing your own thing, of loving one another and gathering together and iron, sharpening iron. And you, a sword doesn't sharpen itself by itself. So we need each other. And the whole we's and the us's here, A representation of this young lady who Jesus loves very much, who I get. I get why she feels the way she feels. But she needs community. And you need more than rose on a Sunday morning. You need community. And you know, some of you, it's time to mature. It's time to step up because you are qualified to lead a group. To call, a bu- to call some, some guys and say, hey, you want to just get together at Cracker Barrel once, once a month and just talk about a scripture? You just want to get together and just talk about life and ask this one question, how's your soul? So, some of you ladies, it's time. It's time to grow up. You, you are more than qualified to be a leader and help others. And some of you, it's time to grow up. It, it, stop living life on your own. Stop living on your own. Next week, we launch Group Link. We've got our group magazine going to be available. 100 groups going to be available for you, but the truth is we, we can provide 700 groups. We can provide 2,000 groups. You, it's time to grow up and be a part of something beyond yourself. And if it's not that, just find a group. You don't have to be even in the church. Just go do, be part of somebody with something and go beyond talking about the Cowboys. 
Talk about some soil stuff. And you know how you do it? Just say, how's your soul? Everybody, look to the person next to you and say this. Ready? Look at the person next to you. How's your soul? Ask them. Now, this is not time to talk about it. (laughs) Because I would just unleash the beast right there on big, big conversation. But you know what? That question right there, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? How's your soul is a little bit deeper conversation. Maturity comes, you may want to write it down, when we stop making excuses and start making changes. So we got the polluted heart, the distracted heart, the immature heart. Now then Jesus gets to the right heart, and this is the final heart. Look close, everybody. The prepared heart. How do we prepare the heart? How do we, how do we have a prepared heart? Let's keep reading that scripture. But then the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Who, number one, hear the word. Hear the word through friendship. Hear the word through community. Hear the word through Sunday morning message. Hear the word through reading the Bible. And hear the word through listening to the voice of God with the right soil. They hear the word. You know what else they do? What the the prepared heart is? Not only they hear the word, they retain the word. You know how to retain something? You grab onto it and don't let it go. But sometimes we don't retain the word because we don't see its value. And man, if you, were, if you were running the metal detector across the sand at Galveston and it went and you found something valuable, you'd make sure that you didn't just set it there and keep looking. You'd put it in your pocket. You'd unzip the backpack. You'd hang on to it. You'd make sure that you, you hung on to it like, like found treasure because that's what it was. And the word of God, the prepared heart, looks to the voice of God, looks to the character of God, looks to the, to, 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 to the, to the desires of God and searches after them like lost treasure that can be easily found. You want to raise the value of your life this year? You want to raise the value of his word this year? I want you to journey through the Bible together with me. In fact, out in the lobby, we have these books available. And on Super Bowl Sunday, February 4th, I am starting a crazy initiative at Timber Creek Church. I am going to preach 31 messages mixed through the remainder of the Sundays through the word of God, the story of the Bible through the rest of 2018. This book here is called The Story, and it is a paraphrased version of the Bible. It's a New International Version. It is 80% of the Bible in chronological order, and it connects the dots of the whole story of God. And maybe you've never read the Bible through. This would would never be a replacement for your Bible, but if you read this... This year, you would have read 80% of the Bible, which is 76% more than a lot of people have ever read. It starts with creation and it ends with revelation. It's 31 chapters, and we're going to take a 31-week experience through the story. And this book is available, and our kids' ministry is going to be going through this story. We have books for kiddos, toddlers, 
that are available that you can read with your little toddlers that, that are stories and pictures, and it's 31 chapters as well. We have one for a little bit older kids, kindergarten, first and second. We've got this one that's available for third through fifth grade. And simultaneously, when I start on Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to take the journey together, and I invite you to take the journey with me. For the next three weeks, we're going to be having these available. They're $8 for the one for the adults, $8 and $12. Guess what, guess what we're going to make on these? negative three bucks okay we're going to be we're going to be losing money on this but we're going to be making so much impact if you'll do what you're supposed to do and read the word of god this year now listen if you can't afford this out in the lobby let us know we, we want to help you we, we, we'll get you at least at least this and get started simultaneously our spanish ministry that meets at 11 o'clock in the student center they're going through the story as well and I believe that we're going to hear the word and retain the word like we've never done before as a church body. Now, you read the story through. You read the Bible through this year. You follow your plan that you have. But for those of you who have been looking for a plan, we're going to take a plan and we're going to run through it this entire year together. And it's written in story format. It is the word of God. It is the word of God, 80% of it, all in chronological order from start to finish and I invite you to be a part of that as we launch the story that will get kicked off on Super Bowl Sunday. Now, finally, this is my last thought before we pray and close. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and then the scripture goes on to say this. They retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. By persevering, by by just getting after it and staying faithful and moving forward and beyond the pollution and beyond the immaturity and beyond the distractions, they move forward. And maybe you're here and you're in the doldrums of life. The doldrums is a place in the ocean where the, where the wind is unpredictable. And when you need to sail and you've got your, your, your sails open, there's no wind. And how are you supposed to go forward if there's no wind? You're in the doldrums. And some of you... You came out of 2017 into 2018, and you're in the doldrums. You, you, you want to go forward, but you don't feel like there's a lot of wind in your sails. God will provide what you need. In Genesis, he provides for Adam and Eve. When they're naked and vulnerable, he clothes them. When the Israelites are in bondage under the fist of Pharaoh, he parts the Red Sea, and he provides a way out. When they're hungry in the wilderness, he provides food in the desert. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are pushed into a fire, he provides protection. In fact, the son of the living God is there with them. Looks like an angel at the time. A fourth man walking there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God knows that we needed him, and so he provides us as one and only son. Provides miracles to show that he's the truth and provides resurrection power and provides the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is given at Pentecost, it's like a mighty rushing wind that fills the sails of the hearts of those people. All throughout scripture, he's providing what we need and he's still speaking. And if you're in the doldrums, he will help you persevere. Lean into Jesus today. So... Let's make a clean break with everything that files or distracts. Within, without, let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. Within and without. 
So if habit number one was put him first, habit number two today is this, prepare him room. If you'll put him first and you'll prepare him room, you'll be set up to have the right soil. Whatever he wants to plant in you, you can receive. Would you close your eyes with me, Jesus? Speak to the hearts that are distracted, polluted, immature. With eyes closed, heads bowed. If you're here today and maybe you identify with a polluted or a distracted or immature heart and you want to prepare him room, if that's you, would you just raise a hand? You know, me too. I've got areas in my life that have been so distracting lately. I can so easily be polluted with other stuff and thoughts and things that can get me off center. Father, I pray for my friends in Jesus' name that they would prepare their hearts for you. You stand at the door of our hearts and knock. And if anyone uh, hears your voice and opens the door, you'll come in with them. So we prepare our heart, Lord. But really, ultimately... You're the one that prepares our heart the best way. So we lean into you. We put you first. Prepare our hearts, Lord, as we prepare space for you to invade our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said amen. Pastor Jonathan. Amen. Man, I don't know about you, but I feel like we've had a little bit of heart surgery this morning. And man, what a good opportunity going into a brand new year, an incredible 21 days that we are all collectively and together praying and fasting. If you weren't there last Wednesday, man, please join us this Wednesday. Please join us this Wednesday. As we go into this new year, this fast can mean uh, just a just a whole nother year again or um, a year like none other. I promise you that. Hey, you know what? If, if you raise your hand or you, or you made that commitment just a minute ago to, to maybe give your heart to Christ for the first time, if you could write that on one of your Connect cards right in front of you. If you had a prayer that you were writing down during the middle of the service and you weren't able to put it in the offering buckets as they came by, you can drop that at one of our stations at our doors or even at our Next Steps booth. Again, we want to know that. We want to connect with you this week. Hey, big things going on here at Timber Creek Church. Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. You just heard about the story. The story Bibles are for sale in the foyer. Uh, We have a super baptism happening on Super Bowl Sunday. And if you feel uh, encouraged and excited, you've never been baptized, you have somebody in your family, one of your children, a student, we have resources for that. And we are pushing as many people as we can on Super Bowl Sunday right here at Timber Creek Church over no matter what age, uh, what language, Spanish ministry, everybody, we want you to sign up for baptism this coming uh, Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Hey, exciting things happening. Uh, you do not want to miss Starting Point happening at 9.30 every single Sunday morning. It's the next step. Maybe your first step to what's going on here at Timber Creek Church. You do not want to miss it. We love you. We thank you. We will see you Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. Have a great week.